Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 2, The Royal Captive by E.M. Clark. Read by Lexi. Chapter 3. The Girl Vanishes. In the morning, everyone set off for the feast at the palace. Zelly had had a fitful night's sleep, haunted by vivid flashes of the trance she had fallen into. She was still no clearer about who the girl was that Igor had mentioned, and she was worried. The feast was laid out in the golden pavilion, and although the food was as delicious as always, the sleuths didn't have much appetite. They were all anxious about Zelly's dream and what it might mean. Princess Richenda was delighted to see them, and as soon as the lunch was finished, she flew towards them. It's great to see you! And she laughed as Rafa swept off his sailor's hat and bowed to her. He's such a show-off, said Zav. He tried to flash Richenda his usual grin, but he couldn't quite manage it. What's wrong? asked the princess, sensing their mood. But before anyone could answer, Sam said, There they are, Gergo and Tegel. He had spotted the Contuti brothers making their way out of the other end of the pavilion. He looked at Zav and Milo. Let's go and see if we can get them to talk. The boys nodded and headed off, threading their way through the crowds. What's going on? asked Richenda, looking really alarmed now. Not here, whispered Zelly looking around nervously. She had spotted Igor's massive figure at the main table and the vicious white bird was perched on his shoulder, sharp eyes scanning the guests. She shuddered, glad that Anna was safely back at home. Let's go somewhere quieter. The girls headed into the gardens, where they could be alone. Tell me, said Richenda urgently. Yesterday, began Zelly, I fell into a sort of trance, and I saw Igor plotting with Countess Rosina. I knew he was up to something, cried Richenda, but the worst part, Zelly continued, is that he said something about a girl to make his plan work. A girl? Richenda's eyes were wide with horror. Yes, said Zelly. We don't know whether the girl means you or one of us or someone else, said Sophie. We do know one thing, said Zelly. Whoever this girl is, she's in danger. And there's something else, added Sophie. Yesterday, Anna was chased by that horrible white bird on Igor's shoulder. It followed her from the palace and nearly injured her and Demaria. And Anna said a darkness has descended on the palace, said Zelly. Can you feel it? Yes, the princess replied. Clarence says dark magic has come. He's worried. Dragons are sensitive to evil. He thinks Rosina is using an obscurity spell. That's exactly what I saw in my vision, cried Zelly. Igor got Rosina to cast an obscurity spell to stop the parrots of Flambeau from spying on them. The three girls stared at one another. Everything was making sense, but it wasn't a nice feeling at all. It was frightening. I also saw Gergo and Tegel in the dream, continued Zelly. They were spying on Igor. That's why the boys have gone to see if they can find out anything else from them. Maybe they heard who the girl is and we can warn her. And, across the palace grounds, that is just what the boys were trying to do. Sam and Zav had opened a conversation with Tegel about boats. 
Ours is called the Lucky Star and she's a dream, Sam was saying. The Lucky Star? Oh, that's so babyish, Tegel replied. Maybe you should hang around with my brother. He's another wimp like you. And what makes you so great? asked Zav hotly. My boat's an old pirate vessel, Tegel replied smugly. It was used for smuggling stolen goods. And we've got the best place to moor it. Black Rock past Crocodile Island. Huh, bet you've never even heard of it, have you? It's forbidden to most people and nearly impossible to find. Tegel's boasting was revolting, but in his arrogance, he hadn't realised that he had given the sleuths some very useful information. While Tegel was showing off, Milo was talking to Gergo. The younger boy seemed sad and a bit lost. How come you haven't got a house of contuti tattoo like Tegel? Milo asked. Not allowed one, Gergo muttered. Not old enough, huh, apparently. <laughs> and he laughed bitterly. Yeah, the real reason is that they don't think I'm worthy of one. I don't deserve to bear the sign of the contutis. And he kicked out at the root of a nearby tree. That does seem unfair, sympathised Milo. But maybe it's a good thing. The other boy stared at him. Maybe you don't want to be like the rest of your family, Milo suggested. It's definitely not a bad thing to be different. I think you're much nicer than Tegel. He's a bully. Gergo looked quite thoughtful at this remark. And speaking of bullies, Milo continued, that Prince Igor's a nasty piece of work, isn't he? Gergo shrugged. Yeah, I suppose. Apparently he's got an evil plot targeting kids like us. Gergo stared at Milo. How do you know? Oh, everyone knows said Milo airily. But we don't know who it is, do you? No, just some girl, Gergo replied, then quickly slapped a hand to his mouth. Uh, I shouldn't have said that, he stammered, looking fearful. Don't tell anyone I said that. Of course I won't, Milo replied reassuringly. Anyway, we don't know which girl, do we? No, he never said, Gergo replied without thinking. Then he looked suspiciously at Milo. Why are you talking about this anyway? You shouldn't. It's bad. And his face resumed its sadness once more as he shuffled back towards the pavilion. Milo looked at him thoughtfully. He had confirmed that Igor was after a girl, but he didn't know who. Milo believed him. He had got as much information out of Gergo as possible. He signalled to Sam and Zav and they made their way back to find the others. They told Rochenda, Sophie and Zelly about Tegel's boat hidden at Black Rock. None of them had ever heard of it, but they felt sure it was important. I wish they weren't always around, complained Rochenda. It's like Igor's got some sort of enchantment over my parents. How? Oh, what if something bad happens when you guys aren't here? We need a way for you to contact us, agreed Sam. I forgot, cried Zav. Remember, we told you about Pa's invention, the talker listener. Well, we brought one for you. And he took a small rectangle of fluorescent orange plastic out of his pocket. It looked a bit like a small brick with a screen and underneath it a series of buttons with numbers on them. Richenda stared at the object, puzzled. But how does it work? she asked. Magic? No, sound waves, replied Zav. Each device has its own number. I've saved ours so you can call us by pressing this button here. 
He pointed to one of the keys. Then press the talk button. How clever, the princess cried. Thank you. We'll keep ours with us, so we'll always be able to communicate, said Zelly. Richenda smiled. That does make me feel less alone. I'll take it with me everywhere. The super sleuths will always be here to save the day, princess, added Zav. Little did the children know. The princess would be needing their help a lot sooner than any of them could have anticipated. That evening, after she had said goodbye, Richenda wandered into the palace gardens and sat glumly on a bench. Something wasn't right. Her parents seemed distant from her, and as for Prince Igor, oh, the princess shuddered, even in the warm evening air. He looked at her the way she imagined the wolf staring at Little Red Riding Hood in the old story, ready to pounce. But here, amid the greenery and the hummingbirds busily dipping their beaks into the bright flowers, it felt silly to be so worried. Richenda touched the delicate gold brooch pinned to her T-shirt. A letter R, made of gleaming white pearls, was set in gold, enclosing a group of emeralds. It was the crest of the House of Richmondo, and she had worn the brooch ever since she could remember. The light was fading from the garden, and she was just about to return to the palace when a low voice said, Oh, princess, might we have a little word? Richenda gasped and jumped up from the bench, spinning round to see who had spoken. No one was there. Then, amid the gloom, two men appeared. One was tall and wore a long cloak which swished on the ground as he moved towards her like a jungle cat stalking its prey. The other was short and squat, with a straggly beard, carrying a heavy club. Richenda was rigid with horror, but before she could react, the man with the club grabbed her arm and snarled, You're coming to Mudtown with us, my pretty little princess. Prince Igor wants a private word. Richenda's whole body went ice cold. Then a fire seemed to catch in her and she was filled with a hot fury. I won't, she cried, and she stamped hard on his foot. The man yelled in pain and let go of Richenda for a second. It was enough. She wrenched herself away and sprinted into the trees. Fool, snarled the cloaked man. After her? The two men set off after the princess, blundering through the trees close behind her. And if you see a parrot, kill it. Unfortunately for the princess, it was not just Vinicius and Humberto who were pursuing her. In the palace grounds, Countess Rosina had closed her eyes, summoning her concentration. She pictured the dark place, which was the source of her magic, and the dungeon materialised in her mind. Through it, she channelled all her evil thoughts, summoning a real cloud of darkness, which descended upon the palace grounds, covering them with an unnatural, heavy fog, until it was impossible to see. Richenda was still running. Enveloped in blackness, she stumbled, arms stretched out in front of her, feeling her way through the creeper-covered trees. Her heart beat fast. She felt almost choked with panic, constantly aware of heavy footsteps behind her. Suddenly, she caught sight of an orange light coming from her pocket. The fluorescent talker listener was glowing in the dark. She fumbled for it and, hand-shaking, she pressed the button Zav had shown her. A strange buzzing sounded, then stopped. The princess whispered urgently into the device. Sally, Zav, it's Richenda. 
No sound came from the gadget. The princess gulped, hearing the heavy footsteps more loudly. They were nearly upon her. She brought the talker listener up to her mouth once more. It's me, Richenda. Help! Prince Igor! Mudtown! Help me! Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more adventures in Chapter 4, Missing. Check out the interactive map on our website, supersleuths.net. Want to read along? Super Sleuth's book two, The Royal Captive, is available now on Kindle. Enjoyed today's chapter? Why not rate our podcast? See you next time.